0: What the hell is the name of this thing? It's Wayne's World.
1: The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my finger. Kevin Sherrington.
0: Kevin Sherrington, Sherrington, clown number one. Mary Horn. He tried to
2: get me in mid-shoe.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome in again uh, to Until Further Notice. Upon further review, the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day DFW's soon to be award-winning podcast I'm Evan Grant along with clown number one
0: Kevin sherrington
2: and the king of cookies I'm Barry horn and we have John Daniels with us I just like to ask him what do you think of our new intro
3: is that for me Barry <laughs> yes <laughs> well I think in uh in the uh, wonderful world of uh of technology I actually didn't get to hear the intro so I, I got uh, I got silent but it was it, it was good. Silence, <laughs> actually, yeah.
1: if we're, we're concerned, probably silence is better than than what you would have heard otherwise. Uh, John, I know you were getting ready for the for the winter meetings, and uh, you're busy, so we will get right to it with you. Um, before that, your Thanksgiving was fine, I take it.
3: Yeah, real good. Had the family came in from the east coast, so we hosted, and very good. Enjoyed it. Yours.
1: Uh, ours was good, full of the typical family stress that goes along with uh, a mother and a mother-in-law, nice. um, but we, we made it through, and there was a lot of prescription talk from my mom, but other than that, we everything was great.
0: It's yeah. not exactly Thanksgiving with, with Evan. You have to remember that, John. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's more like count your anxieties. Um, John, <laughs> I get the impression, just from from where you guys are right now, that You've made it clear you're not going to be in play on any of the top tier free agents, right? Uh, and and it sounds like you're you're not in a place where you're going to get involved in in really prospect laden deals where you've got a you've got to trade multiple prospects. So, what constitutes a, a successful week for you in Nashville next week?
3: You know, it, the winter meetings are a little different than they used to be um, in that. Uh, you know, I don't view them as a start point or an end point. Uh, they're just, you know, it's a time of year where things get accelerated a little bit around the league. Uh, you know, there, there is a lot of activity, but you know, it's 24, seven, three at this point, as far as the ability to acquire talent, uh, you see trades made all year long. Uh, there's always opportunities to get better. And so I, I don't view it as like, this is our, uh, this is our, um, to-do list, so to speak, for the winter meetings. We have to get this done in, in the hotel suite in Nashville. Uh, you know, our, our off-season list, so to speak, things that we want to address have um, been pretty consistent. It really hasn't changed. We, we need to add a starter. Um, we could very well be you know, bringing Colby back or uh, could be adding somebody from the outside. Um, we could conceivably add two, uh, but I think one is, is more realistic and then, you know, add some depth behind it. I feel pretty good about where our bullpen is. Uh, we've already added to that a little bit with with Wilhelmson. Um, you know, a couple of spots uh, catching and center field. If we can add some some guys, to either compete there, ideally, you know, maybe a longer term younger catcher uh, that we could grow with. Um, but that's easier said than done. Center field. You know, we have uh, Delino, we have James Jones, we have got Lubrinson and Coming. You know, but if we can get some shorter term uh, options to compete with those guys i think that would be beneficial and then if there's a, a right-handed hitter or hitters uh, that we can have uh, kind of complement our lineup but uh, we've explored some things for maybe a little bit of a bigger bat more of an everyday player i think at this point i, I think it's more realistic that we would add complementary uh, uh pieces that more more platoon type options than an everyday player but things uh Things do pop up and you have to be prepared for that as well.
0: So, John, last year you, you added the, the big piece in the rotation in Cole Hamill's, which I, I would uh, like to remind you that I, I advise you to do that in the spring. I like to think I put that, that bug in your ear and got Kevin you, got one right one time. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was a, that was something you you know, obviously it worked out just gr- uh, great for for y'all and, uh, and the, how you did that and, and when you did that. Uh, would you expect that uh, the same thing might come along this year uh, if, it, if it presented itself, or would you rather if you were going to do something, do it before the season started?
3: You know, it's took a little bit different approach last year in that we had so many questions uh, going into the season that we really wanted to see how a lot of those things played out before we invested, you know, a lot of prospects, uh, or a lot of dollars, uh, or, or in the case of uh, Cole, really both. Um, and we wanted to, you know, want to get into the season a little bit. We want to see where we were. Um, you know, we just had a year where, where Prince really didn't play after he hurt his neck. Um, you know, we had n- number of injuries to key guys and, I think as the season went on, with the exception of Darvish, we started getting positive answers to a lot of those questions, and it was clear as middle of the year was coming. Hey, we're going to get Derek back. We're going to get Martine back. Um, we may have an opportunity to, to bolster the bullpen in some other spots. Like, hey, you know, now the Hamels deal really does make sense, and, and that's when we decided to push it. View this club a little, little differently now. And, and there's always going to be you know, health questions with every team. Things are going to come up. Guys are going to get hurt, but. I don't think we have as many unanswered questions going into next year, at least on paper, uh, as we did a year ago. So, you know, our our approach is a little bit more direct in that, you know, we would like to uh, bolster some of these spots on the roster um, uh, before the season. And and that's kind of how we're going to approach it. Now, again, I don't think that's going to be splashy, you know, top end of the market type additions. I I think we have we've made those those additions. The core of the, the club is here. And we've also traded away a number of young players and uh, unless the deal really lines up um, you know I, I think we're more inclined to hold that you know, we've kind of specified a group of guys at the upper, the upper levels that we want to hold on to cuz we think they're going to play for us over the next, you know, 6 months, 18 months. And so unless something really made sense uh, there, you know, I, I think we're more inclined to fill in around the uh, key spots in the roster and, and hold on to our core guys.
1: That's And that's the takeaway the, the big takeaway from that question and answer I think before Kevin gets back into this I th- the big takeaway I think for me there is the big sexy kind of names I, I think a lot of your fans have the expectation or the hope that one of those guys will end up here and I don't think there's going to be a name that you guys add this winter that is going to blow anybody away but they're going to be complementary pieces that help you. Uh, you're not one guy away from from being over the top. You're a complementary piece or two away from from completing a very well rounded team. Is the way I, I, I take what you're saying.
3: That's how we look at it. I mean, I, and listen, you'd always love to add impact, um, but with most you know, impactful type additions comes a you know a, a cost, um, either in terms of. You know, a lot of talent. We we made some of those deals, and we're glad we did. And, uh, I'm just not sure that it makes sense to make another one right now, um, or you know, uh, at a big financial commitment where you know uh, we've we've got a couple guys coming up here, uh, you know, towards the end of their contracts. Beltre, Darvish, uh, you know, um, some other young players that we may want to look into to uh, keeping here long term, and you know, I think we got to factor those in as well when we. We're looking at um, you know another big ticket for agent.
2: Remind us when you Darvish will be back, and would you consider him an impactful addition to the team this year?
3: Sure, Bear. I think we're looking at um, fourteen months, which would put him you know middle to end of May. Um, you know, could he beat that by a week or so? Could it be a week or two after that? I mean, certainly we're going to be smart with him uh, because we do think he's an impact piece and. Um, you know, I know uh, some people will say, well, you know, it takes guys a little time. Uh, you know, Martin Perez, an example that, you know, maybe the second year back from surgery, better than the first. That's all, that's true. But I think when you look at, um, you know, the elite guys, they usually come back and perform at an elite, at an elite level pretty much right away. I mean, Jose Fernandez and, and uh, uh, Matt Harvey kind of stand out as two examples of that, but you know, elite level young pitchers that had Tommy John and come back in, they really don't miss a beat. You know, from a quality standpoint, and you know, that's certainly our hope with with you that he's able to jump right back in, and that's part of the reason as well why we want to be smart and maybe give him a little extra time before he gets back out there because we're we're hoping and counting on him to be a. You know, top-notch pitcher.
0: So that's an interesting take on that. I, I had never uh, thought about that before. So you, so is what you're saying here, is it is it more that that final bit of the recovery more of a mental thing than a physical thing? You
3: know, what we found, uh, Kevin, is like you guys used to, there used to be almost a race to get back, right? You'd have... Guys were
1: pushing oh, 12 months, I think, at one point on recovery.
3: Yeah, I, I want to say almost 11. You know, I think like Josh Johnson's the guy that I recall back when he was at the Marlins, I, I want to say he made it back in 11 months, you know, and and I think certain um, certain clubs, certain orthopedists, like along the way have have, have backed that up. Um, what we've done is we've built in a little bit of a rest period, a no-throw period, and Darvish in the middle of that right now. The thought being that you know when you uh, if you don't build in that rest period, these guys throw for pretty much a year and a half straight um, because they, they start rehabbing after they have the surgery in the spring then they throw throughout that, the rest of that season, the end of that season, the rest of the off season, and then they're back pitching live the next year. And there's really no break. And, you know, that's not normal. You know, guys, are, guys are supposed to have an off season. They're supposed to have a down period and let the body recover. So we've built in uh, a rest period. Um, you know, we've only done it now with a, with a couple guys. So we don't have a lot of data uh, necessary to support the decision, but, you know, our medical team, as as we looked at it, felt like that would enhance our ability to, to keep these guys healthy long term, and we thought it made sense, so we've been doing that. All
1: right. So you has you has gone back to Japan. He has he saw Meister before he left for Japan, correct? Correct. And the follow up at that point was that everything was completely on track.
3: Yes. Yeah, good to go. You know, well into his throwing program, uh, right on schedule, and. We'll see him at the beginning of the year.
1: All right. So when January comes around and he comes back, what kind of throwing will he be doing then? Will he just pick up? Will he start again with a long toss program, or will he progress pretty quickly?
3: He'll he'll progress pretty quickly into uh, into the throwing program, and um, you know he'll be he'll be uh, probably towards the end of spring training um, have a chance to get into some you know sim game or minor league game type situations. Um, I think that would be. You know, everything goes on pace. That would be a good outcome. Um, it could be, you know, just afterwards into April uh, before he's into a, a game situation, and that's fine as well.
1: And, and on one other arm that we need to touch on is the latest on Profar because every day I get a question from people about Profar. He's not throwing right now, just taking time off, correct?
3: Correct, yeah, just a, a normal offseason. He wanted to go out and, um, and do his uh, – uh, you know, not do his throwing for it, he wanted to go out and play winter ball.
1: Play in the field, and, move on into the yeah, field, correct?
3: Yeah, he wanted to go down to Dominican and play shortstop and winter ball, and that's like his level of confidence where he feels 100% normal. And, you know, in our conversation with the medical staff, we kind of felt like, you know, he, he could do it if, if he needed to, but we thought the extra rest at this point made more sense. I mean, I th- Listen, I think if we were – if our mindset was to trade him right now, you know, maybe it makes sense to have him go play winter ball and, uh, you know, and let other teams see him and make that evaluation that, hey, his arm is, you know, 100%, and, you know, maybe then we could, you know, have, have more conversations. That's really not our mindset. I think, you know, I'm not saying that he never gets traded. You never know how these things go, but there's time for that, and we just felt like the extra rest this winter, let him have a normal throwing program starting in January, Come in, be a, a normal player for us in spring training.
0: So uh, you're talking about when he comes back and he is ready to play in the field. He will play at shortstop, not at second base. Correct. And uh, is, is there a feeling that uh, that the throw from shortstop, in, in some ways, maybe not as taxing as, as making that that turn at second base the, on the throw?
3: I don't know if I'd say not as taxing, but I, I do think that there's you know there it, it's a unique skill. Uh, that not everybody has to be able to throw from different arm angles and you know make that adjustment on the fly. Um, you know, Joaquin Arias went out to the outfield uh, and, and you know tried to throw a little more over the top, a little more traditionally like an outfielder, and hurt his shoulder. I, I don't really think, honestly, that it was the throw from second base so much. I think it was more coincidence with that with Jerkson. I think he's like pretty athletic, and I, I do think he can play other positions, but. Um, that's something that we don't know 100 percent
0: and of course his premium value is as a shortstop
3: no doubt no doubt. and i think also with his makeup like that's where he should play on the field you know i mean in an ideal world because he has that internal clock he has that you want him with the ball in his hands in big spots that was always his his makeup his reputation coming up through the system that you know he's one of these guys you want the ball hit to him in in, in big spots and I think shortstop's more natural spot. Now, could he end up playing third base? Could he end up playing second base? Could he play the outfield? Yes, I think he's athletic enough for all those things. First time back in the field after missing a you know, better part of two years, we're going to play it safe and have him, you know, focus at shortstop first.
1: All right, JD. Before we let you go, we got to. We're going to get to some quick questions here from Twitter from from folks who uh, wrote in this morning with some things. Okay. Um, and, uh, since this is kind of a lightning round, if you feel like you want to just pass you're, you're feel, feel free to <laughs> say pass. Um, right. so, uh, the first question comes from Jonathan who says, uh, what are we doing in left field?
3: Well, I come in, uh, with Josh Hamilton as the, the primary left fielder. I think we are looking to add options, uh, both internally and possibly externally to, to help them there. And I mean, help them there. I mean, right-handed bat uh, that could you know, potentially platoon against some tougher left-handers, but also with Josh, you know, I know he feels great right now, but, you know, the, the track record is what it is. I mean, I, I hope he's able to play, you know, 120 or so games, um, but I, you know, I can't necessarily count on that just because of the, the uh, you know, recent track record and some of the issues he's had, especially with his lower body. Um, so that's, that's uh, in short, it's Josh Hamilton, and, and we're going to look to have some competition to, um uh competition for him but also competition internally to, to compete for a spot that takes some pressure off.
1: All right. Andy Arnold wants to know, do you ever make moves because of a division ri- because a division rival made a big move? Do you ever feel pressured by another division rival's move?
3: No, I mean we don't necessarily have the you know the nineties, two thousands Yankee Red Sox dynamic. Um so I would say no. We really haven't I'm certainly aware of what the, the rest of the division's doing, but view it more of almost uh, analyzing the, the division, analyzing the market and saying, Hey, you know, how how good do we need to be to, to make the playoffs? And how many wins do we need to make and how many wins do we need to have to, to get in? I think that's more the approach we take. But from a you know, uh, return fire so to speak, or answering back or a PR standpoint, I think that's a pretty dangerous way to look at things and we try not to do that.
1: All right, Spencer Hoffman. What's the initial plan for Gallo going into
3: 2016? Well, Joey's uh, on the roster. come to big league camp. Uh, I think more than likely he goes to AAA. Uh, that's you know, probably what is best for him and ultimately best for us. Goes to AAA and and uh, you know, position wise, I think we'd probably have a focus at third base. Um, but you know, that'll be a discussion. We'll we'll continue to have. He's athletic enough. Play the outfield, play first base, um, but you know I don't want to move a guy off off a more premium position until we have to.
1: But you would think that most of his reps and most of his time in spring would come at third base,
3: most likely. Okay,
1: and there's no plan right now to any for any real structured work at first, is there?
3: No, I mean, it, it's not going to take much. I mean, he you know in Double A he went over there, and it was a pretty easy move for him. You know, so I um, I don't think it's going to take a lot of structured work for him to play there. I, he may very well get in some games in spring training as as uh, as we want to use him as Benny wants to get him in, but um, you know, still very much think of him as a, a guy capable of playing third base at the big league level.
1: All right, last one from Cody wants to know uh, why is there a shortage of good hitting catchers? Seems like there are very few catchers who can maintain success offensively in the big leagues. And uh, on a side note, I mean, I, I know this is a project that you guys have have tried to tackle for a long time here.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Really is you know, looking around the league. I actually think there's a, there's a decent number of, of some younger catchers that have some ability. Um, how many of them pan out remains to be seen. Uh, why is that? I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest single reason is just that the challenge of the position for the most part makes it a, a spot where you need a lot of patience. Um, New guys are beat up. They have so much to focus on defensively, working with the pitcher. Uh, now with with all the uh, catcher, the pitch framing stuff and the video that, that goes along with that, there's a lot for these guys to learn. And it, I think the bat comes along a little more slowly. And so if if you're not willing to be patient and really see it through, it's easy to move a guy off the position. It's easy to say, you know what, like this bat's going to play uh, a lot quicker if we move him to – first base to left field to third base in some cases. And you see that happen a lot. And I think it's it really comes down to like a lack of patience as an industry. Um, how, the other factors, you know, the concussion stuff, you know, does, does that dissuade guys from playing the position? I don't know. Um, but um, it, it does seem to be more than just cyclical where, you know, the, the, the position is, is tough to find. There just aren't a lot of, you know, true like impact everyday catchers out there.
1: All right, JD, you've completed the lightning round with, um, with with great aplomb here. So uh, Plum. we applaud you for that.
3: Aplum. Thank you.
1: Um, and and you are you are free to go to continue working on that Jose Fernandez deal.
3: Very good. Appreciate it. <laughs> he didn't bite on that. Thanks, devil. guys. He did not bite at all. Take
1: care, JD. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, so um, that was the general manager, John that, Daniels. That was the general manager, John Daniels, handling the lightning round very well. I thought. Yeah, um, he did. But we did not get into Elvis Andrus, and I, I still think that, given the fact the way the year ended for Elvis, we need to discuss that a little bit. Barry's we, making we, faces. I think we kind of did get it. We got into the first half of
0: the Elvis We got thing. into the
2: first half of the Elvis Andrus thing when we talked about Jerks where Profar would be playing, where they're, what they're looking at him as. So I, I
1: think ultimately here's what happens is Profar goes to AAA. And, and while J.D. touched on this with, hey, if we were looking to trade him, uh, going, to, going to the Dominican and letting him play would give some people an idea. Yeah, it would. But if he goes to AAA and plays the first half of the year down there and is actually healthy and scouts see him on a day-in and day-out basis— that's going to raise his. Value. That's plenty.
0: And listen, you'd be trading him on the cheap at this point, anyway. Right? Why in the there's world? There's no would you
1: way I don't that? think. There's no way that you could get. I think what his full value would be. What do you think, Barry? You saw me putting <laughs> the cookie in my mouth.
2: I did, Evan. Very, very, very uncool. Listen, here's
0: what I'm thinking about it was this a quick cookie pitch. Here's what I'm thinking about the, the shortstop situation for the Rangers right now with Profar and with Elvis. Look, you go into the season with Elvis as your shortstop, and and you and you you know once again you hope that he can put something together for an entire season in which he becomes the shortstop he should be all along. If that doesn't happen, and you, and, and Profar, listen, Profar has to play the entire year. This whole thing about him playing half a year and then let's see where he is—he needs to play an entire year at AAA.
1: Oh, I think you could trade him at the break if, if he's held. Well, at, at the, no, the no, deadline I, I know could tra-
0: I'm not talking about trading. He wants he wants him here. I want to see. Here's here's what I'm saying. I'm saying you play you play jerks in the entire year. At shortstop, at AAA, and and really get let him get his legs under him and, and make him feel good. You come in the next, and then you go into the off season, and you say, "I'm dangling Elvis Andrus out here. We'll pick up most of his contract." What's
1: most to you? How what percentage is most at that point? He's,
0: he's making 15 million, right? Right. I, I'd say I would pick up eight. Oh, I think
1: you'd have to pick, pick up, up more, more than, than that. that. Ten. I think you'd have to pick up at least ten. At ten, I pick up ten because you got Jerks and Profar making the major league minimum. He's not making the major league minimum. He actually now let me just say this, and this is going to be this is dollars, this is pennies right now. Yeah. But because of these two years he spent on the DL, yeah, and the time, the service time that he has, he's actually arbitration eligible this year. Uh-huh. So his salary will go from five hundred and change, probably around six hundred. But the thing is, if he does get a full year of service time at some point, it's going to jump significantly. Evan, remind us how how old these guys are. Profar is going to be twenty three. Elvis oh. is twenty eight. Yeah. So. Um, still, guys, who are uh, I, I know that m- my philosophy on Elvis is at this point offensively he is what he is. He's, right. he's proven that year in and year out. But age wise, you still hold out some. Th- there's the possibility that the guy still has a peak to hit. It's not like this is a 31 or 32 year old shortstop where you know it's going to go downhill quickly.
2: Are they are they afraid at all? Is if they trade him the light the bolt light bulb will go off. I mean, on the light bulb will go on. It's uh, your cliches, right? Would you? Yeah, on the light bulb Look, will go Cookie on. Cookie boy. Well, um, yes or no? I
1: I don't think that this is a club that spends a lot of time worrying what will happen with if. a player if they send them somewhere else. I don't think that's a good way to manage your roster. Well, if especially, the right move for you is to move Jerks and
0: Profar in there. You make that well, move, especially when when Jerks and Profar's ceiling is much higher. I mean, I mean. Let, let's just consider this. Profar, if he stays healthy, he wait, stays, no, there's no question about that. Absolutely, and 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 he, Elvis has proved to be very durable. But that's his prime, you know, asset is his durability. You, Profar. Has a potential there's something to, to be said for durability. Well, there's no question yes. about that. Ask Tony Roma. But but you've got you've got a Hanser Alberto there who could come in and play if he has to. You know, uh, to me, you, you don't lose anything offensively if you go into a season with Jerks and Profar and Hanser Alberto as the two guys playing shortstop over Elvis Andrews playing
2: every day. I, I would agree with that. What you, what about what about defensively? Do you possibly gain with Alberto? Uh I, I, you know what?
1: With Alberto I, I, over Elvis, I think I think Alberto is gonna make um, more routine plays. More routine plays, but I think Elvis still has more range than Alberto. I believe and that, I believe and that's Elvis true. was a you know, everybody's gonna remember that seventh inning of game five. Elvis was a really good defensive player in the second half. And again, I know I'm 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 using the again thing, but we, we've been through this a million times with him. He always seems to have one half where he really plays well and one half where he doesn't. If he ever does put a full year together, you're looking at you're looking at a very productive player. So what's the problem in, in my mind? If if you if you pick up 10 million of his
0: contract, that means you're paying 10 million for your shortstop for your shortstop, right? right. I,
1: which I don't, which ultimately a, is saving you at some dollars. point about 5 million. Guys, Absolutely.
2: Brian is throwing up all kinds of hand signals here. I don't know if he's a member of a gang or what, but I think he wants us to go.
1: Well, how much time have we spent, Brian? Uh, 27?
2: <laughs> I guess that's it. 25. Twenty-five. 25. We, time, he's saying it's time to go. Should we go, Brian? Brian's Brian, saying Brian, we should go. Brian, you can go. speak.
1: And we, we, I was we, just we getting get warmed Brian up a, on a
0: microphone. This, so. Me too. This was the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> Make
2: sure you tell John Daniels no, this next time you talk to him. Just
0: kidding, just kidding. We'll talk about it some more next week.
1: All right. Well, un- until next week, where I'll be at the winter meetings, joining you via phone.
2: Oh, yes. so that yeah. means we can't have. A, will we have a guest with you? Next I'll be, you? No, I'll be the guest. We'll guess, work it out. Don't guess guess who's that. coming to the, the pod. I'll I'll
1: leave it in Kevin's hands, but I'll I'll be joining you from an action packed winter meetings, where what you'll probably get, where the Rangers are concerned. Is report on how the Christmas lights are looking at the Opryland Hotel. Wow! I don't. I, I. just think we need to say this one more time for fans. I can't emphasize it enough. Don't expect a big move for this club.
2: If they were, but if they were going to make a big move, if 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 they had something planned, would John Daniels have come on here and say, "Hey, we're making a big move"? No, no. So. But I, I would say if they make a big
1: move, the idea would be look for them to add a young starting pitcher via a trade with multiple years of control. Don't look for Don't look for David Price. Don't look for Johnny Cueto. Don't look for Zach Greinke. Don't look for Yoannis Cespedes. Don't look for any of those big names. If they add an impact pitcher or player, it's going to be via a trade for a young controllable pitcher.
0: I think Brian just ran out of music. Yeah, we got to go. Is in. it looping, Brian? Ed, we got you know to go. Okay. All right, we have to I go. I know you
2: could talk to the Rangers from – from now until next year, but we have to go. All right. Barry's also got
1: intestinal distress, so we will see you next week. (laughs) Something you're very familiar with.
2: Bye, Evan.